Hey guys, welcome back to Fix It Friday. So this week I'm going to start with a little story about a system that I received from a friend, an old NES. And as you can probably tell from these pictures, somebody else tried to modify this NES and they did some kind of horrible, disastrous hack job. <laughs> so as you can see, they drilled a hole in the top of the shell and um, they added some ports on the front of it. And honestly, I really don't exactly know what the heck they were trying to do here. Um, yeah, you can just see like a big spaghetti mess of wires and some hot glue all over the place. I think they were trying to add Famicom functionality to an American Nintendo, but honestly, I really don't know. It was just a complete and total disaster. So at first I was hoping to just make a Fix It Friday video on trying to rescue this thing and make it work like a normal NES again. But the amount of hackery and damage just proved to be too much. Um, you know, I started by just removing all of the components, the extra components rather, and uh, I tried to desolder a Game Genie adapter, which had been soldered onto the cartridge slot connector. But very soon I realized there was just too much to do. So at first I was going to toss it out, but then I decided, let me see if I can come up with a better idea and maybe I can get this thing working again. Okay, so fast forward a few months later and... Um, I think I've finally come up with a solution for what I want to do with that broken NES. So what you see in front of you here is the Open Tendo. So this is an open source recreation of the original 1985 front loader. This was made by a guy named Red Herring 32 and um, basically what I'm going to do with this board is try to create a brand new NES in the year 2021. And by that I don't mean a clone console, I mean something that actually uses original Nintendo hardware but also tries to use as many brand new components as possible and it should have complete and total compatibility with all cartridges and behave exactly like a stock NES that was built in 1985. So. Yeah, if you can compare this to a standard front loader, you'd see that it's populated with the same components. The organization is slightly different because, again, this is an open source project. And then what I have here in the plastic bag is all the parts I need in order to populate this and make a Nintendo. Um, there are a few parts, though, that are proprietary to Nintendo that are required. So what we have here is the CPU. So this is the original CPU, and I harvested this from that broken NES. And then... This is the PPU, or the graphics chip, that I also harvested from that NES. These two chips together are basically the heart and soul of a Nintendo. And so this is what's going to make it act correct, like an original NES. Back here, I have the lockout chip. And technically, I don't need this. I could use some kind of open source replacement. But for now, for the convenience of just getting this video done, I'm going to use an original lockout chip that I pulled from that Nintendo. All right, so let's go ahead, open up the crazy packaging, and get started with some soldering. Okay, so we're going to get started now, and the first thing you should do whenever you're building a board similar to this is you should start by soldering all the components that are really short, and then kind of work your way up in terms of height. That's the easiest way to do things so that um, you don't get in the way of yourself. So if you've got like a tall component already installed, and then suddenly there's a little guy that has to go right next to it, then you know, it's really annoying. Whereas if you're doing things the other way around, it's actually a lot easier. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start off with a whole bunch of resistors. I have some diodes. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm going to go through them and explain what I'm doing. Some of these things can be installed in any orientation, and some of them do have a very specific orientation. So whenever that happens, I'm going to stop the video and explain what I'm doing. All right, so let's get started with some resistors. 
All right, so before soldering, I just wanted to show you my method here for making sure I have all these parts organized and I can make sense of it. Because as you can imagine, there's a ton of different parts and it would be very easy to make a mistake here. So what I did was I downloaded the bill of materials from um, the OpenTendo website, which I'll have a link in the description for. So not only does this tell you what parts to buy, but it also tells you um, you know, what they are later on when you're doing the installation. So I pulled all of the resistors from that list, and you can see their part numbers are listed right here. So I have them organized in some kind of an order, going from the first resistor, R1, to the very final one, R19. And so I have all of their part numbers bolded and labeled so I can figure out what's what. And then I have the stack of resistors in the same order, going from resistor 1 all the way to the bottom. So that's how I'm going to do this to try to minimize my chances of failure. Um, Another thing, too, to keep in mind is that when you're looking at the board, there's actually details on the board of exactly what value um, it's supposed to be. So, you know, sometimes it might be hard to figure out exactly what it is, but, you know, most of the time it's pretty clear. So you can see here R17, you can see it says 2.2 kilo ohms. So, so, yeah, so there's a couple of different steps that can help you minimize your chances of making a mistake here. All right, so now I'm going to get started. Okay, all the resistors have been soldered into place, and I did some proofreading of my work, and I actually realized that there's a mistake in the uh, bill of materials. So in the bill of materials, it says that this specific resistor, which I think is R8, is supposed to be a 20 kilo ohm resistor. But in fact, if you look at the schematics, and if you look at the pictures that are on the OpenTendo website, it's pretty clear that this is supposed to be a 12K resistor instead. So you can see that right here on the board. Um, I noticed it as I was putting it in, and then afterwards I did a little check and realized, yep, it should be 12K. And the only thing that says uh, 20K is the bomb. So I went ahead, thankfully I had one in my stock of parts, and I replaced it. But otherwise, all these resistors are installed, and they're in the right places. And uh, the nice thing, too, is you know you can use a multimeter and test the impedance of all of them and make sure that the values match, and of course they do. Okay, so now that that's finished, the next thing I'm going to do is install a few more low-profile parts. I have these uh, ferrite coils, which are going to go here in FC1 and 2. And then I also have uh, two diodes, which are the exact same value. They're Zener diodes. Um, 
The ferrite coils don't have an orientation, so you can put them in any which way you want. The diodes, though, they do have an orientation, so they have a stripe, which indicates one side is supposed to go there, and then the other side is supposed to go on the other side. So you can actually see that here on, on the board. So the stripe is facing up, away from the cart connector. So yeah, let's go ahead and take care of that. Okay, so next up are the ceramic capacitors, and there are quite a lot on the board. I think there's something like maybe 40 or so, 45, that need to be added. Um, thankfully, most of them are the same values, so it's not too bad. And there's no orientation, so you can just put them in any which way you feel like. Okay, well, let's get started on that. Okay, so now we're down to the last few components before we get to the actual chips. And um, I just wanted to kind of go over a few of them because most of these have some kind of polarity to them. So we've got these four components here. These are called diode arrays. And you can see that there's like a dot on, on one side. And then with these in particular, there's also a notch on the top. So these do have a polarity to them. So there's a spot on the board. If you go where it says DA1, 2, 3, and 4, that's diode array 1 through 4. And the notch, or the dot, goes all on that side. 
Um, we've also got some resistor arrays. We've got this guy here and this guy here. Those also have an orientation. So there's a dot on those. And you can see over here, there's a dot where that guy goes, and there's also a dot where this guy goes. Uh, we've also got three, um, I have a third one over here, of these transistors. And these guys also have an orientation. So the emitter in these is marked by the notch. So all three of them have an emitter, a collector, and a base. And the emitter is where the notch is. And so if you look at the board, um, the emitter, collector, and base are all labeled for the three transistors. So you just got to make sure the notch is on E for all three of those. Um, what else we got here? We've got electrolytic caps. This is something you've probably seen a million times on my channel already. Those have a positive and negative side. The negative side on the board is indicated by this white part. Um, we also have this thing called a trimmer capacitor, and this guy goes right up here, and it has a flat component to it, and the flat part is going to be facing towards the back over here. And then finally, we've got a crystal oscillator, and we've got a ceramic resistor, which is going to go right over here. Those don't have any kind of polarity. Um, and then lastly, we've got a couple connectors. These I ordered off of uh, DigiKey. This is the only part so far I've had to salvage from the NES because you can't find this connector. This is for the power. Um, so I had to pull that off of an NES, but I'm sure there might be some other kind of connector that we could put in here in the future. Um, but yeah, for now, this is totally fine just to have this one part. And uh, it's also worth mentioning, too, there's a handful of parts here that I had to order through eBay and not through DigiKey. So these DAN601s, these diode arrays, that's all ordered from eBay. The transistors are ordered from eBay. This trimmer cap. And, uh, yeah, I think that's it. So those are the components. Oh, no, actually, yeah, this too, this resistor array, I also had to grab from eBay. But other than that, everything else was still available on DigiKey. Okay, so now that I've gone over what these things are, let's go ahead and put them on.
so now we're in the home stretch, and the last thing that we need to do is just uh, solder in the remaining chips. And then this board is basically done. So I just have them in their correct positions, and I'll just talk a little bit about what they do. So over here on the left, we have the original NES CPU. And then we have down here the work RAM that supports it. And then this chip over here acts as an address bus for the work RAM. So these three all kind of work together. Over here we've got our original NES graphics chip, which is the PPU, and then this chip is the RAM that supports the PPU. And uh, this guy right here, um, I think it's a latch, and it also supports the RAM, so again, all three of these work together. We've got a pair of chips that are identical over here. These are needed for um, processing the inputs from player one and player two. Um, here's the lockout. And so that guy goes over here. This chip is a IC, it's like an inverter. I don't exactly know how it relates. It probably interacts in some way with the, the, the PPU because it's close to it. But I'm not entirely sure of what its purpose is. But, but yeah, that just gives you an overall idea of how all the chips are uh, related to each other. And so, just like some of the other components on this board, the chips definitely have an orientation. You can see that each one of them has like a little notch indicating where the front of it is. And actually, they're all oriented in the same direction. So, so the front is all towards the left-hand side. So um, I'm going to be soldering most of these directly to the board, but the original Nintendo chips, the CPU, the PPU, and the lockout, those are all going to go into sockets. Okay, so after that huge soldering marathon, I can finally say that this board is totally finished. Um, so I, after the fact, I decided to add the um, expansion cartridge slot, which uh, which is over here. So this is a part that doesn't exist anymore, and so I just salvaged it off of that broken NES. And um, you know, I decided to do this because you know, just for aesthetic purposes, really, because this this port was never used by anything official, um, and so it does kind of break with my goal of trying to use as few old parts as possible but you know this part is not it's it's kind of vestigial it doesn't do anything so I was like alright you know what, let me just put it on here just for the aesthetic reasons of having it on here um 
So the last thing that needs to be done is there needs to be some sort of module put over here for, for power and also for outputting uh, composite video and sound. The problem is, is that um, for right now at least, there isn't an open source option that works, not really anyhow. Um, I did discover one online and uh, tried to build it, and I, well I built it, but it, it turns out that the PCB has problems. So there's, there's problems with the traces, um, like for example, the, the video signal comes out to the outer shield and the ground is internal which is backwards from you know what it's supposed to be so so someone is developing a open source version for um, the RF or replacement for the RF module but it's definitely not finished yet maybe this will give me the incentive I finally need to learn how to do PCB design <laughs> and maybe I can finish it myself um, but anyway so since I don't have an open source alternative here um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a RF modulator, and so this was pulled from a broken Nintendo, and I'm going to use that temporarily, and I'm going to continue to research open source alternatives. If I find something that works, then my plan is to take this thing off and put a brand new thing in its place. So let's go ahead and do the final connections and get this thing finished. Okay, so I've got everything connected up, and uh, yeah, now's the moment of truth. I have no idea if this is going to work. I really hope it is. First, I'm just going to hit power and just see if I get the normal red blinky light that you get when there's no cartridge on a Nintendo. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, and I'm getting video. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> oh my god, I think this thing actually works. That's wonderful. Okay, so let's put the cartridge in. <laughs> yes! Alright, that is so cool. Oh, man. Alright, so all that work paid off, and uh, everything seems to be just fine. So, so this open source NES is totally working. I've made a completely new Nintendo using as few old parts as possible. Um, well, you know, I am a little bit disappointed that I couldn't get a replacement for the RF modulator and power supply part but that's something I'm gonna work on and I think you know if I get something better for that I will make an updated video where I make this thing even more new than it currently is I've also thought about maybe putting it in a completely new case as well you know just like really making a completely new NES in 2021 um, but you know this is pretty good most of it is brand new parts and uh, it's fully compatible with the games it's not a clone it's original hardware in the sense that you're using the original two chips. And uh, and then, yeah, if you've got an NES with uh, good chips, but, you know, a bad board, this is a great way of bringing it back to life. All right, so if you guys like this content, then uh, consider subscribing to the channel. I have videos out like this every Friday. Um, please let me know what you guys think about this project in the comments below. And if you've got consoles that you need repaired or modified, you can always reach me directly at oneuprestorations.com. Alright guys, thanks so much for watching, and I will see you next time.